Hi, I'm Patricia Grabarek. And I'm Katina Sawyer, and welcome to the Worker Being Podcast. Today, Patricia has an article for us. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today? Sure. So we're going to talk about flexible schedules and how it impacts different age groups differently. Ah, that's kind of cool. That's very interesting. Um, So a little bit of like generational differences or not, maybe. Who knows what the results will be? Mm, Well... They're not looking at generations specifically. They're looking at actual ages. So oh, cool. That's awesome. that's been interesting. That's interesting too. But uh, yeah, there. Well, spoiler alert. It's good for everybody for the most part. But um, nice. there are some differences in terms of well-being outcomes based on what kind of age group ish you're in. That's awesome. That sounds very interesting. I like it. Um, and I'm curious to learn more. And before we jump into that. Happy 2021 officially. We are now recording in 2021, which is so exciting. I know. It's so exciting. The last episode we recorded in 2020 leading into this fabulous new year. Hopefully it will be fabulous. Yes. Not like 2020. I mean, obviously 2021 is going to still have all sorts of COVID blah, but (laughs) hopefully overall we're moving in the right direction and things will be better. So fingers crossed. Very true. Yeah. I saw someone shared an article today that was like some fan company recalls like thousands of fans because the blades are flying off. Oh my God. And they were like, happy 2021. Like things are not off to a good start. (laughs) (laughs) That is terrible. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I was like, ah, but no, I do have, um, high hopes for this year just because there's like a seeming like light at the end of a tunnel you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. like there's been so much uncertainty and there is no vaccine or there was no vaccine there's no like way of combating this no one's developed anything yet and at least now like we have a vaccine there's you know a general sense that at some point this year people like will widely have access to it and so that at least even for me is just you know it calms the planner um that (laughs) I know we both are in me to say like okay well it might be a while longer that we're inside and like things might be like this for a while longer this year even like most of this year we might still be um you know in a similar circumstance as we were last year but at least we know what's to come which was part like half of what I think was freaky about last year yeah, I think last year it was the complete unexpected. Like this came out of nowhere, or felt like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Granted, we all knew, we all heard about it in January and in December, but we never really thought it was going to get to us and be this whole right. thing. And so, like, I think we just had no idea. I mean, if we go back to all of our episodes that we recorded in the early um, summer and late spring, it was like, well, maybe we'll be done with it. Maybe we won't be done with it. Right. We just like, never knew. <laughs> and it was just this roller coaster. Well, I feel like at least now, like we're all over it. We all want to be doing our normal things, but we have kind of gotten used to this weird state and yeah. we can see, yeah, like we're, I think it's not as like stressful always. I mean, there's definitely stress within it still, but not as much as I think initially, or just there's less unknown. Right, exactly. Like, there's more clarity. I'm like, okay, probably by, like, late fall, 
hopefully everyone will have access to the vaccine and then I'm just going to like roam the streets and never enter back into my house for like months. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Well, I have to tell you that, um, well, now everyone on the podcast will also know this, but we were yes. talking about you this weekend when we were oh. um, hiking with our friends for New Year's, right? So we did a little hike and it was just four of us. We all had masks and we tried to be like as safe as possible. But, you know, at some point you've got to see some people every once yes, in a while. It's just kind of crazy. So, uh, and honestly, I think these were the first friends we've seen in a really, really long time. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> so we were hiking with them and we talked about you and we were saying how once this is all over... You and Brenda need to come out and finally meet these friends of mine. Um, yes. And we should do a big wine weekend. So that's what's yes. going to happen. We'll all get vaccines. We'll all do wine weekend. <laughs> Yay. I love it. That's so fun. I'm so excited for that. Yes. That's the thing. Like, you got to, like, think about what you're going to do when you're done. Like, we even just um booked, like, it's refundable up to a week in advance. So, like, if it happens that we're not back to normal by late October, you know, we can reschedule it. But our it's our five-year anniversary this October Ah. and I was like we should just go somewhere like that's like close by that we know we could drive to so like you know if you're just able to you know maybe we don't want to get on a plane yet but we could drive and feel okay to be like in a hotel or whatever then you know blah blah so anyway we booked to like go to like a hotel near here and have like a nice dinner and stuff and I was like oh like just even thinking about it even though it's like 10 months away <laughs> more <laughs> um I was like oh that's nice so I think like having things like this is the this is the year of me like giving myself things to look forward to as well because I feel like there was so much uncertainty before you couldn't even like plan a thing you know you mm-hmm. were like I don't know maybe this is just my life now but um now I feel like a little bit more comfortable planning just at least having the idea that okay we have a little bit of a timeline going on here yeah I agree I agree. I can't believe it's almost been a year since you were out here and I saw you last. Like in a couple weeks, it'll be a year. It's Ah. super crazy. I was thinking about that too. Well, I was thinking about the fact that um, this will be, I mean, literally, let's say, okay, let's say I don't get on a plane until the end of this year, let's just say. That will be the longest that I have ever not been on a plane, I think, like since I was in grade school. Wow. Yeah, I feel like, like that's that makes probably sense, the same for right? me. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it'll be like almost two years if it's like until like December. Yeah, my last flight was in February of 2020. So yeah, me too. So yeah, so yeah. that would be like almost two years. Like I definitely in high school, I was definitely on a plane mm-hmm. at least twice. So that means that it must be since like grade school. Yeah, I think that's probably the same for me. It's bonkers. That I was like, so I weird. don't even know. Yeah, it is so strange. But in a way, it's like, well, maybe this is, you know, maybe this time was good. Like we've talked about before. And there's like a little bit of like nugget of learning in there that your own house and your own area and the things that you have to do around you are still nice. Like, I bet I wouldn't have done like a lot of things that I've done around here um, that you know, I just wouldn't have had time or at least like in our house, like I've made things have like little touches that I think I wouldn't even have time to think about. So I think that there's some stuff that comes from it, but it is really weird. And I am like, as soon as 
as soon as this hits and I can like go someplace, I'm going to be like, yes. And I'm just like, you know, <laughs> like release from my home and like run around in the streets and just like be like, and like when we can hug people again, I'm just going to hug everyone I see. Oh my gosh. I have feel like I've promised everybody that I'm going to visit them as soon as it's over. So I'll just be traveling all over the world. Like literally like people in London, like people all over the, the world. I've told them I'm going to visit them. So I'm going to be doing like a worldwide uh, trip to, to, to see everybody. So <laughs> that's going to be me. You'll be running around the streets and I'll be like, hopping from airport to airport be like hi person <laughs> next, next next flight next flight like crazy yes it will be very interesting and we're looking forward to uh doing more virtual stuff and connecting more virtually this year because i think that was a good strategy but at some point we also are looking forward to connecting more with all of you like listeners and readers and everybody that's out there um that are connected in the hive because um It'll be really nice to get to know more people this year as we are trying to connect more as our theme for this year. But um, that also means that towards the end of the year when we're able to connect in person, maybe we'll even be able to connect that way too. Oh my gosh. That would be so great. Oh, I want it so much. Okay. Well, our whole retreat will just be like, people, we're here. (laughs) Can you see me? Can you see me? Oh my gosh. Just everyone go around and touch the person next to them. (laughs) High fives. High five. High five. It's like all (laughs) real. And we're all here in the same room. And that is all this retreat is about. No, but I do think it will be fun. So anyway, anyway, 2021, (laughs) the year, hopefully of the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't want to say that too early because what if this episode doesn't age well, but I pray that it ages well. (laughs) And, um, And one of the things that has been nice about 2020, at least for me and other folks who have more office type, corporate type jobs, has been that there's been a lot more flexibility in how you set up your schedule. So if we're thinking about positives and negatives, that's a positive. And I'm curious to hear more (laughs) about how that might have impacted people um, with regard to their age. Fantastic transition. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. So let's talk about this. I'm going to first tell you what the article is. Um, And I have no idea if this author is actually Polish, but it's Polish last name. So I'm going to pronounce it that way. And if they pronounce it differently, sorry. But it's written by Piszek and Pimputkar in 2020. It was published Mm. in the Journal of Applied Psychology. And it's called Flexible Schedules Across Working Lives, Age-Specific Effects on Well-Being and Work. Cool. Awesome. Yes. So this article, like they're really interested in understanding um, how age might be impacted by the flexible schedules in terms of things like uh, physical health symptoms or um, subjective health perceptions, work-family conflict, how people engage people were with work, um, depending on if they had flexible work hours and if... Uh, and if age had an impact on that. So their main focus was just kind of thinking about the glo- global workforce, right? So mm-hmm. the workforce is aging. They talk a lot about how older workers um, are staying in the workforce longer as life expectancy goes up and, you know, people are not retiring as early. And they used Germany, actually, in the sample of the study because Germany mm-hmm. has an aging workforce and they're kind of like ahead of the game if you will for yeah. what's happening in the u.s like they're um 
their younger population is even smaller than ours is in the mm. U.S. So they kind of are like seeing that they're going through some steps around aging workforce before the U.S. is. But based on our birth rates and things like that and the trajectory, we're kind of on the same path as Germany. Um, mm, that's interesting. Yeah. So they kind of decided that Germany would be a good good place to start looking and understanding what might be going on um, with the older workforce. That's awesome. So why do they think, just off the bat, kind of, why would we think that there might be differences in how people um, perceive or benefit from flexible schedules across different ages? Yeah. So it kind of relates to some of the things that you and I have talked about a bit with like work family balance and things changing over your time over your life because of the things that are important to you in, in that moment in time. So it talks about how older workers have different needs and preferences than younger workers. Um, there's been some research to show that aging is linked in different motivations and goals within both their work and non-work roles. Um, so older employees, for example, are more motivated by things like achievement um, and not necessarily by like compensation or or like job title increases, right? So it's like achieving goals versus ambitions to reach next levels. Mm-hmm. Um there's still an interest in professional development and growth from older workers, but it's just like a slightly different perspective. And they base this on this theory called socio-emotional selectivity theory hmm. that basically says that as you age, your time horizon shrinks. And your time horizon is basically like how much time you have left in the workforce, right? Mm-hmm. If I start at 20, you know, in theory, I'm going to have like 40 plus years left. If I'm in my 50s, I'm probably going to only have like 15 years left. Right. Um, in the workforce before I retire. So as your time horizon shrinks, then your goals and what you want shifts. So instead of thinking long-term career goals, um, older workers generally are more present oriented. They want emotional fulfillment in their work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more about having a motivation towards, you know, feeling fulfilled in different ways than the career trajectory that a younger person might be interested in. Gotcha. So with this, you said it's called selective emotionality? Socio-emotional selectivity theory. Okay. Socio-emotional selectivity theory. Okay. So this theory is basically setting us up to maybe hypothesize that older workers would appreciate flexibility more because they have the ability to make time for more of those emotional opportunities? Or are they thinking it would make older workers feel less inclined to like those schedules because they're not as concerned about the job aspect in general or something like that. So there's kind of conflicting thoughts out there um, in terms of like the types of findings people have found before. There's not a lot of work Mm -hmm. in this space, but their thinking was that they would prefer it because Mm -hmm. there's, um, there's some evidence that suggests that age is, related to things like autonomy, like wanting more autonomy in your work, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, so therefore, you know, like if you're younger, you probably want a little bit more guidance. You're still kind of figuring things out. Um, so you may not want as much autonomy as somebody that's older and has been in the workplace for a while and probably doesn't need as much structure or guidance because they've been doing their job for a long time or they, mm-hmm. you know, have 
have seen it all, right? <laughs> so yeah. there's um, the sense that as you have, as you get older in the workplace, you're more likely to want more autonomy and therefore flexible schedules are going to be more important um, for those individuals than uh, than the younger individuals. But again, this is kind of a big question. They didn't really know. There hasn't been research in this space. Um, they think... I mean, we do know that older workers have different work family structures, right? If you're mm-hmm. in your 20s, 30s, or 40s, you probably have kids or you might have kids. Um, you might have older parents that you're taking care of. You might have all these other things going on. Once you get into, you know, your 60s, some people are still going to have older parents to take care of, but not everybody. Um, mm-hmm. Kids are going to be older generally, so they're going to be probably out of the house or right. a little more self-sufficient. So you're not going to be caring for them the same way. But you're still, now you might have grandkids coming along or you might have a different, right. it's just your structure and your life is different um, than when you're younger. And so that just kind of makes them think that there's going to be some differences in terms of how this might impact people. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's interesting because it feels like on one hand, and you're saying the research in this area is kind of new and or mixed. And so you know, we may not have an answer, a uh, pure answer to these questions right now, or it sounds like they're sort mm-hmm. of surmising based on what's out there, what they think might happen, but they're not sure going into testing it. But it's kind of interesting because it's sort of like this idea of, okay, if older workers sort of appreciate the flexibility more because it allows them to um, get more, make more time for some of these more, this emotional fulfillment, or it's more motivational for them because they have more autonomy and flexibility over their schedule. There's also like the practical end of it, like you're saying though, which is like, Well, I could see that. I could also see that workers that are more of, you know, the age where you would be more likely to have younger kids, maybe more family responsibilities, like just from a practical perspective might prefer it more because they need the ability to flex around because they just have more standing commitments, basically. Um, Mm -hmm. So I could kind of see it going in either direction, but it's interesting that um, they're thinking that older workers would prefer um, out of the gate based on what's around uh, so far, I'm really curious to see what they actually found. Yes. So let's talk about that. <laughs> so this, as I mentioned, this study uses data from Germany. And there's a like a government research project that is called, it's called the General, the German Federal Government's Institute for Employment Research. And it's called the Linked Personnel Panel. And so they took data from this. It's a three-wave data set. It had um, employer-employee surveys, like all these different um, like interviews and calls that they did to people. So a lot of these surveys are conducted via phone um, and done in two-year intervals. So the data was collected in 2013, 2015, and 2017. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of people in this study. I don't. The way they analyze some of this data is a little complex because of some missing data issues, which I'm not going to get into here, but... Um, they had a ton of data basically <laughs> to mm-hmm. understand employees' um, perspective. So what they did is they measured, they used a few of the measures from that bigger study, if you will. Um, so they looked at flexible work hours. So they asked people if they had them or not. Um, so it's self-reported. That's something to note. But mm-hmm. so it's self-reported whether or not somebody says thinks they have flexible work hours. Then they looked at age. Um, which was calculated by birth year and month. So mm-hmm. it's really like actual age at that moment. 
They looked at sick days. So to understand whether or not having more flexible hours helps people take fewer sick days, um, which is a proxy for physical health. Mm-hmm. Then they also looked at subjective health perception. So asking people how they would describe their current health um, on a five-point scale. They also looked at work-to-family conflict. So whether or not mm-hmm. the demands of work interfere with their home and personal life. They looked at effective organizational commitment. So how committed you are to your organization. How emotionally attached are you to that organization. Hmm. And then they also looked at engagement. Um, so they had a few items on on work engagement. So okay. that's all the things they measured. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Did they control it all for how much money people made? Because I also would think some of that could be related. Like, for example, like if I'm making a really small amount of money, I'm probably less able to take sick days or have less sick days available to mm-hmm. me, for example. Yeah. So they looked at all sorts of other demographics, um, gender. They looked at whether or not you're married and have children. They controlled okay, for that. Cool. They controlled for job type, how much physical labor your job has. Okay. Um, so a lot of different things. So they try to control awesome. for as much as possible. Yep. Okay, cool. So they're taking out all the noise that's associated with any of those things. And they're saying just purely as pure as possible, how is flexible scheduling related to these outcomes? Yep, exactly. Cool. Okay, awesome. So what did they find? So, okay. So there's a lot of things they found because obviously I just mentioned a lot of things they measured. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that they found was that flexible work hours actually reduce the number of sick days in older workers, meaning 51. So in this case, it was age 51 or higher, but didn't okay. have an effect on other groups. So it didn't matter how flexible your work schedule was as to whether or not you were sick or called okay. out sick from other ages. But if you're 51 or older, you're less likely to call out sick if you had flexible hours. Hmm, that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay, so that's finding one. Yes. Finding two. Um, flexible work hours improved the subjective health perception. So, like, how people perceive their health. Their health. Do they think they're healthy or not? In older workers, this is also the 51 and above. It had no impact on average age workers, which is kind of like that middle hmm. bucket. But it had a... This is the weirdest one. <laughs> it had a negative effect on the health perceptions for younger workers age 21 to 32. That's interesting. I'll be curious to see how they unpack that. I was thinking that with regard to the sick days for older workers, it might be just that they're finding their job more motivating and exciting. So they're less likely to want to call out because they have more time to do those things that they want to do. Whereas individuals that are younger might be using that flexibility like I said to be taking care of like practical tasks or like they have a lot of standing commitments so like their sick days they're still going to get sick um and maybe even you know the flexibility is good but they're overworking in both domains or something like that because they have too much on their plate so the more (laughs) flexible their schedule is maybe the um the you know more they're working on off hours or not disconnecting whereas for older employees maybe they truly are using it for what it's meant for which is to kind of take the time to you know craft the job the way that you want it and things like like they're getting the positive benefits of the flexibility but not um, filling in the off time with other things or overworking I don't know if they talked about that at all but it seems <laughs> like it could be a suggestion 
I think you may have read this beforehand because literally what they said, like <laughs> they said that exact same theory that they think that potentially older workers are actually using the time as it's meant to be. Like if they're taking a sick day, they're taking care of themselves mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, and it, so they're, and therefore like that's what they're doing. And then when it comes to their subjective health perceptions, you know, they're not taking as many sick days. They, they're seeing themselves as more healthy. Um, now the younger generation is seeing themselves as less healthy probably because, with the, like you said, there's a chance that with that flexible schedule, they're not balancing time for mm-hmm. themselves, that flexible schedule, they're putting in other demands and other things right. and right. trying to balance that work in other venues outside of their main job or in those flexible hours. So that's right. what their theory right. is as well. So that's kind of funny mm. that you said that. <laughs> that's very interesting. I'm curious to hear, this might not be the next thing you were going to say, but I am curious to hear how it worked with regard to work family uh, variables because that would probably have something to do with that the puzzle pieces of that story too so interestingly so the okay so the subjective health perceptions so if I'm 21 to 32 I think my health is worse if I have flexible work hours if I'm mm-hmm. 30 to 52 my flexible work hours make me feel better like my makes my work family conflict better so I okay. have less conflict but that okay. if that effect is not found for younger workers or for older workers it's just kind of like only the middle-aged workers feel like their work family conflict is reduced because they have flexibility that's very interesting um i wonder and i don't know but i wonder if that's just due to you know the age of children that people might be more likely to have Mm -hmm. um at that time period that like you know there's not really a way to get around the demands of having really young children I know people are having children later in life and that they also controlled for those kinds of things but uh what was kind of their thought around why that pattern would show up for work family yeah I think it was similar to what you're saying that that middle-aged group tends to have more demands that are work family related Mm -hmm. whether it's children or not you know old aging parents is another area you know there's It's just a different, you know, even potentially owning a home versus not owning a home when you're younger, right? Right. And your first time owning a home, which comes with its own set of messes, right? So I think that there's just, that's their theory too, is just in that middle aged bracket, if you will, the average age is what they're calling it, Mm -hmm. um, 30 to 52, there's where they see uh, probably more likely to have some conflict between what they want in their personal lives and their work when you're younger. I think we've talked about this before, but like sometimes when you're younger, you're first getting out in your career, you're really career focused. So even if you don't have balance, you don't really aren't as bothered by that. And Mm -hmm. then when you're older, it's kind of the opposite, right? You don't have that same career ambition where you're not necessarily looking to get promoted tomorrow because you maybe only have a few more years and you really want to focus on the things you love. So then it's not going to matter the same way either. Okay. Gotcha. Okay, so that makes sense to me. Um, I know there's affective commitment still left and engagement, right? Yes. So those are interesting because for flexible work hours, everyone kind of seemed the same. So if you have flexible work hours, you're more likely to be committed to your company, regardless Mm -hmm. of your age. So everyone's kind of like, yeah, they like giving us flexibility. So cool. I like this company. Right. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah. And then the engagement so flexible work hours improved work engagement but only till somebody got to age 57 after that there was no effect it wouldn't make it worse but there was just not really an an effect on work engagement as to whether or not you had flexible hours that's interesting um so did they say so everybody feels like 
thanks organization for giving me this flexible hours. I appreciate it. So I'll be more committed from an engagement perspective. Did they, did they say that the effect sort of like bottomed out in the, or topped out, I guess that people generally, I know some research suggests that older workers are in general more engaged with their work than, mm-hmm. um, than other age groups. Did they say it just sort of like reached a peak, like it couldn't have gotten much better or was it more that it just really there's something about that age where it no longer matters as much if you have flexible hours yeah it just seemed like it no longer mattered it was less of a yeah it was less of a kind of topping out it was just kind of like there's not really that much of a relationship here anymore that's interesting yeah um okay so taken all together then across all the variables <laughs> what are the kinds of takeaways that they think people should be drawing from their findings yeah that's a great question because there's so many different pieces here I was kind of thinking about how can I frame this well I think the good news is if you're an organization that cares about creating a good environment where people are committed to your organization and generally engaged flexible work hours is important for everybody right so no matter right. what you want to give people flexibility um and whatever form that is, like they talk about flexible work hours, you know, we've talked about this before. It could be you have only certain core hours they have to be online and everything else you can kind of manage yourself or, you know, there's other types of flexibility where it's really just you have to be on certain calls and meetings, but in between you work when you can and get your stuff done and that's all that matters, right? Like there's so many different ways to define flexible work. Yeah. But the main takeaway is flexible work is going to make people like your company more and it's going to make them more engaged. So yep. that is big. And they found, because they told you that they did a survey multiple different time periods, they said, like, even two years later, like, even if you, in two years ago, say that your company is flexible, you're going to still feel committed to them two years later. So mm. it's, like, a big deal. Um, yeah. So I think the huge takeaway, regardless of age, you really want to focus on creating that flexible work environment for your employees, period. So managers need to be able to do that. Leaders, organizations from a policy perspective, I think is huge. And then the one other thing I think would be a big takeaway is, you know, from a health perspective, it seems to really have the biggest impact on the older workers, right? They're less likely to take sick days. They're more likely to report um, positively about their health. So probably, I mean, this is just a guess and, you know, there's not really any research backing up the statement. But if you're imagining an older worker may have more um, doctor's appointments because, you typically as you age you have to do more like preventative tests and different things like that Mm -hmm. like these individuals that have flexible work schedules could probably do a lot more of that and feel better about their health because they're actually able to maintain their health as they're getting older um whatever the reason there seems to be a bigger effect on health and older workers and so i think if you have an aging population really focusing on flexible work hours i think is going to be huge to help not only keep those folks committed to your organization but also help them be healthier and well in the long run yeah that makes a lot of sense and I think it sounds like you know generally if you want people to feel positively about their jobs in the organization good for all um, if you want people to feel better in terms of wellness um, and you have an older population that makes sense do they have any suggestions about how to avoid the negative impacts for the younger employees that were found they didn't but I'm gonna give you mine (laughs) so my suggestion for those younger workers is helping them see 
that those flexible hours are meant for self-care too, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I think that's where the other kinds of benefits that we stereotypically associate with, like, tech companies and, like, millennials and, like, all that buzzy stuff, Mm -hmm. like, where you're giving people, like, free gym memberships and whatever. Like, maybe those are the types of things that you can encourage people to use that stuff during their flexible hours Mm -hmm. versus just like filling it with other demands and other work or working too many hours. So I think with the younger group, you may want to just keep an eye on them and make sure they're not like working, you know, they have flexible work hours. Great. But now they're working 60 hours and they don't need to work 60 hours, but they are because they're working at night and they're working all these weird times. So trying to, I think just keep an eye on that group of folks. That's like basically under 30, if you will. Yeah. It's probably important. Yeah, and I would think also role modeling. So when you're starting on a job and you're new, you're probably looking around you to try to figure out, okay, you know, I'm in the beginning of my career. I need to learn what it takes to get ahead here. And if you're not seeing, you know, people the level above you or, you know, the senior leadership actually doing that, like using the flexible time to attend to non-work things, then you're probably going to feel like, oh, well, you know, it's important for me to focus on getting ahead. And if I can't get ahead or it doesn't seem like I can get ahead by doing these behaviors, I'm not going to do them. If it seems like overwork is the only way to get ahead, then that's what people are going to do. But in the long term, it's not good uh, for, you know, your health and wellness. So I think that probably it would be good for people to actually really take this seriously. And if you have a flexible schedule to not only work with people to make them feel okay about doing it, but like, the, one of the best ways to make them feel okay about doing it is to be like, and I do that too, right? As your manager, um, mm-hmm. or else it's not going to maybe ring true. Yeah. I actually really like, so you do this on your calendar and I've seen a lot of coworkers do this too, where people block like their workout times. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. yoga or I've even seen someone put like a 30 minute, like meditation on their calendar. Mm-hmm. Like if you're putting these flexible personal things in your calendar, some people are scheduling, they're going to see, Oh, like, you know, Susan is not available right now because she's got a yoga class and then you schedule around it. Then you'll see like, that's how people are using their flexible time is to do some of these personal things when they can like squeeze in some self-care stuff in the middle of the day. And that's fine. So I think making that a norm, we get to your point, right? So if your manager, I mean, you can say what all you're going to say, but showing it, living it and practicing it in this way, I think can really help that younger group where they're still kind of figuring things out, like you said, to know that it's okay to take, you know, half an hour and go for a walk um, in the middle of the day. Not a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, plus people are seeing that on each other's calendars. And if you're talking about it or making it a point to make people know that, you know, that's okay, that you take a little time for yourself in the middle of the day, as long as everything gets done that needs to get done. And, you know, you're doing a good job in terms of your performance. Like, yeah, then take time that you need. And, you know, if the work expectations are realistic, which could be another question to ask is like, are we just expecting that people are going to do more things than there are hours in the day? But as long as your work expectations are realistic, you know, allowing people to have that flexibility to use the time for things that they actually want to use it for seems to make sense and could help both reap the benefits for older workers, which already seem present, but also avoid the negative consequences for younger workers that seem to be kind of the only dark spot in all these findings Mm -hmm. exactly and then again from a organizational commitment perspective like you want your employees to be engaged you want them to be committed to you right you want them to be 
doing the good work to help the business. So if that's your only motivator, this is a way to do it too. Right. A hundred percent. I think that sounds great. I'm really happy that you read this article. I think that this is really important because a, I hear a lot of people talking about how they think that flexible work schedules are like kind of a new wavy thing that like younger people want. And, you know, they talk about how FaceTime's important. Some of that may be changing now that we are sort of forced into a virtual environment with COVID. But it seems like that's always the um, sort of narrative is that like younger people want flexible schedules and lower FaceTime and um, and that older people are fine without doing that. But it seems like it's really beneficial for older workforces. So that's something I think is really interesting. And also that generally the effects are positive across the board this isn't just a, you know, millennial thing that younger people in the workforce expect for there to be flexibility, but it actually has really positive across the board effects for the organization um, as well as for employees if managed appropriately. So I think that that's a really good takeaway for companies to know. Yep. I love it. That's a great summary. So I'm glad that someone is doing this work. I think it is super interesting. And I do. I agree with you. I really appreciate there's like a, a light shine shown. <laughs> on older <laughs> workers that also want the same kinds of things right it's not just millennials being needy like all workers want to be treated well and they want to be given that flexibility and autonomy and being able to um to balance their life as they see fit so i think it's really a great highlight like you said that you know this generational divide for these new agey type things is not really true in a lot of ways and yeah um, we see here that actually can have some big impacts on physical health for our older workers yeah absolutely I think that's awesome thank you so much for bringing this to our attention yeah of course I'm so glad to share it and thank you all for listening we really appreciate it if you have any questions or thoughts or ever want to chat you can always reach out to us at workerbeing.com our website you can email us at contact at workerbeing.com and you can always find us on social at workerbeing on Instagram LinkedIn Twitter and Facebook thanks for listening The Worker Being Podcast is hosted by us, Patricia Grabar and Katina Sawyer, and produced by Allie Johnson. Oh.